Welcome into UGA Football Live with J.C. Shelton, where the dogs come to talk. Special guests Arthur Lynch, Aaron Murray, Mark Rick, Travars King, Chris Burnett, Brandon Boykin, Rennie Curran, Keith Marshall, Malcolm Mitchell. What's up, everyone? Welcome in. Thanks for clicking that play button. Um, not much has happened in the last couple of weeks since we spoke. You know, it is the off season. Uh, most of the coaches are really, really focused on recruiting right now. Some good things going on there. We'll touch on that. Um, special guest, Bobcat. I don't know if you remember. We, he was on our championship celebration episode, UA alum. We're going to learn a little bit about the opponent here, guys. Know your enemy. That's important, right? Alabama, that's going to give Georgia the most fits. Again, in this next season, in my opinion, uh, I think you look at those rosters and you can tell. We're going to talk to him about a few things going on with Alabama, and we're going to talk about Arch Manning, who's probably the most important recruit in the 2023 class, and Georgia is in the running for him. So we'll talk about that with Bobcat, but right now I want to touch on a few recruiting updates before we get into that interview. We all know that George is a little bit thin at receiver right now, um, so it's important to note that we are in the running for a really good JUCO receiver um, that's coming out of Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. Um, he was recruited in the 2021 class, Malik Benson. Um, guy's 6'1", can run 185. Um, he's named Georgia, Tennessee, Oregon, Alabama, and LSU in his top schools. He does have a track and field background. Uh, it shows in film to me. Um, he really creates a lot of separation with that speed. So he'd be a good get. That's Malik Benson, so keep him in mind. I want to also mention four-star Alabama defensive lineman Kelby Collins is also named Georgia in his top five schools. He's a member of the 2023 class, number 70 overall player, 6'5", 280, um, like I said, from Alabama. Not far from Tuscaloosa, uh, but he recorded 75 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, 12 sacks. Definitely good production there. Um, I want to name another guy before we get on to this interview with Bobcat, and that's Monroe Freeling. Now, he's a four-star OT um, out of South Carolina. Actually, South Carolina's number one recruit. Um, he plays at Oceanside Collegiate Academy, 6'7", 285, um, key in-state target for Clemson and South Carolina, but Georgia is among his top seven schools. We've got Clemson, Michigan, Ohio State, Miami, Notre Dame, Florida, and of course, Georgia. Number 10 offensive tackle in the 2023 class, so keep an eye out for these names. And of course, Arch Manning, probably the most important recruit. He actually said a lot of glowing things about Athens and Georgia football yesterday. So we'll get into that with Bobcat now. Hey guys, welcome in UGA Football Live with JC Shelton. Um, special guest for you this week, the Bobcat. UA alum, Nick Saban um, aficionado, Arch Manning aficionado, according to him now. Um, but we're going to talk some good stuff today because NIL has just got a big hit for boosters. NCAA came down Monday and approved some guidelines that's going to prohibit boosters from being involved in recruiting. And, you know, a few of us know in the SEC that that's not the case right now with a bunch of the major players. Um, so it, let's go ahead and start with you, Bobcat. Give me your yeah. give me your takes on the NIL right now and how you think the boosters are involved and how you think things might be maybe put under the table now that the NCAA says you can't do that anymore. And I have to add this before you go. It's retroactive, right? They're trying to crack down on guys who've already committed these so-called violations that they haven't put through until today, which is weird. But let's see what you think. Yeah, JC, thanks for having me on. 
uh, UGA fans don't don't kill me, but uh, roll tide. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I thought it was interesting. You know, I, I've had several discussions uh, with with friends of mine who you know work on Capitol Hill. You know, is Congress ever going to take this on? I think it's really the only way uh, to give this some teeth is with federal legislation. Whether you retroactively enforce this or not, the NCAA doesn't have an enforcement arm, uh, and this has been happening for for decades. Remember, you know the McDonald's bags, right? Under Jeremy Pruitt, uh, you remember at Ole Miss, uh, they got Hugh Freeze in trouble. Uh, it's rampant. I mean, you look at a program like Texas A&M. Texas A&M, what do they have? Eight five stars uh, for mm-hmm. the first time ever, most ever, I think, yeah. uh, in modern college football since the rankings of players. But I really think that this is just a feel good uh, doing by the by the NCAA. Mark Emmert, you know, on his way out, uh, but without federal legislation that that really would dictate how schools are supposed to act. I think you're still going to have players like Jordan Addison every single year, Quinn Ewers becoming the most hated man in college football, going wherever the most money's at. And that money's not coming from schools, JC. It's just not, it's coming from, you know, big big time donors, big time alumni. Yeah. And I know you can't share any names with the group here, but what are some things you've heard about Alabama specifically with, with how they are boosters contribute? Yeah, so right now they just started their collective, right? The university did, uh, where they're where they're going to pay players. Um, I believe they want to do it evenly, but we know that that's not going to be the case. There are specific families uh, within the hierarchy there in Tuscaloosa. They don't live in Tuscaloosa full time, no way. Uh, but they they frequent Tuscaloosa in their private jets often. <laughs> yeah, who can uh, I mean, live there all the time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're. Uh, you know, they're the ones that paid for Nick Saban's lake house in Georgia that he sold a couple years back. They're the ones that pay for Nick Saban's private travel. Um, and, and they have probably the deepest pockets I've ever seen. Uh, and, you know, we talk about it offline, you know, a couple of these families that, you know, my wife, Chrissy and I would go and, and visit them and have dinner at their house. And it's just, these people live on a different planet. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so bad. I don't play college football, but I'll have, somebody offer me a check of $15,000 just as a gift, right? Under the gift tax. I mean, that's, that's how wealthy these people are. $15,000 to them is like going to the gas station and buying a dollar 50 pack of gum for us. Uh, and Alabama is no different. It's been happening for a long, long time uh, at, at all your major programs, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, you know, there's a reason to it. My Lewis family relocated to Thompson, Alabama, right? It's, it's, it's no secret. Somebody offered his dad a job and it's just now it's legal. Yeah. And then the thing about it is, you know, it's always happened, right? We've known it's happened. Like for example, Fred Taylor, one of Florida's, you know, best running backs of all time admitted just a month ago that Georgia gave him 50 grand to come to Athens and he took the money and went to Florida. Um, you know, so it's always happened. And where does that money come from? Like you just said, boosters. Um, but now with the addition of the transfer portal and guys can immediately transfer with no repercussion. Now they're in there and, and pay, paying guys to come. They're like, Hey, we'll give you a million. We'll give you this car. Your family will be set up here to come to this school because, Hey, you're not Alabama or Georgia. Um, you know, Texas A&M is trying to get on that level. Um, so they're, they're willing to give that extra money you know, to get here. Well, you're sitting there, Georgia and Alabama, maybe you don't have to give as much because you have the program, you have the facilities, you have the NFL development, but still, you know, you have those families. I'm interested to see how Georgia 
is doing that. Now, I haven't heard um, – you've got a lot more info on Alabama's inner workings than that than Georgia's. Um, I know that I, one of the Georgia recruits was offered his family, like I want to say a million dollars in clothes somehow from a certain SEC school um, north of Georgia. He didn't take – it came to Georgia and he was a first-round pick. But um, So the addition of the transfer portal has made it all weird. Um, and we're this is the first time we've seen some actual rules put in place by the NCAA. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how they try to do this retroactive crap, which it's almost like saying, you know, you put something, put a rule in place and then like, all right, whoever broke this rule without knowing it's a rule, you're in trouble. That's just kind of weird. And, and let me clarify for the listeners out there why uh, the NCAA, I mean, this is, this is, worthless, right? And why I push so hard for federal legislation from Congress. The NCAA does not have an enforcement arm, as I mentioned earlier, where if you have a law that is passed by the House, the lower chamber, and then the Senate, the upper chamber, and then it's signed by the president, now we can use the Department of Justice to actually investigate and enforce those, those mis- that misconduct, right? So I think unless there's a set playing field, you're just going to see, you know, survival of the fittest. And I think there's some schools, I was talking to a friend of ours, too, about this the other day. I think there's some blue bloods that are going to fall way behind. And one of those in particular is the University of Michigan. I don't think the University of Michigan with, you know, 8 billion endowment, I don't think that their their boosters actually care about athletics as much as, say, another in-state school up there, Michigan State, uh, where Michigan State has billionaires ready to go that are investing in you know new athletic facilities. They're investing in player development. They're investing in talent. Uh, so I I think without the DOJ to actually sit there and say, okay, this is a this is a federal crime now, uh, I, it has no teeth. I mean, what's mm. going to happen? It's a Title IX investigation from the NCAA. If the school has no purview over it, the school's not going to report the Title IX violation. If they don't report it, it's all hearsay. So mm. it's just weird. I mean, thanks, Mark Emmert. Good riddance. Yeah, well, <laughs> you he's know? gone in a couple See you years. later. Yeah. Um, so that was, his, that was his parting gift. But so it sounds like there's some definite ground to make up if you're someone trying to get uh, boosters in trouble for what they've done in the last 10 months when, you know, NIL was put into place before the season. Um, so so maybe a little bit of time before we see some schools getting in trouble with this. Um, let's let's move on to the number one recruit. 2023, number one overall, really one of the best prospects ever in history is Arch Manning. Um, quarterback, of course, Peyton and Eli's nephew. So there's rumblings. There's rumblings of additions to Arch's top three, which his top three and has been for some months now is Georgia, Alabama, and Texas. Um, today, he had an a interview with On3 Sports. Said some interesting things. I want to get your takes on the Alabama side of things and what you're hearing. Um, because as far as Georgia, he said Athens is the best college town he's been to. So he has the vibe check for Athens, right? And he knows that players can develop. Um, the coaches are, are, you know, real people he was talking about. But he also added some things about Texas, which is really funny to me. And we don't have a Texas dude on this call, so I'll go ahead and say what he said here. And that's about they have some Alabama guys that transferred over there. He's, <laughs> so he's mentioning that the pool of Texas talent, some of them are from Alabama. And I thought that was hilarious. Uh, that's that's your first thought, Arch, when you think about Texas. Oh, they have some Alabama guys, and of course, Steve Sarkeesian. What what are you hearing about Arch to Alabama? Do you think you guys are going to be able to pull him in? So, uh, 
you know, I would love to have Arch Manning, but at the end of the day, and out of, out of those, let's just call it, you know, a top five if you want to sprinkle in Florida and LSU. But I think that he's just being nice, right? He's playing the field. Texas, Georgia, Alabama. Georgia and Alabama really are not hedging their bets on on Arch Manning. Kirby and Nick continue to recruit quarterbacks in that class. They don't give a shit. Oh, pardon my language. They don't care. <laughs> Sorry. They don't care. Uh, and and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna hedge their bets. And and you know what? I mean, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks uh, in in next year's signing class. So I I think whether he comes to Alabama or not, I mean, you look at. Bryce Young, he's probably going to leave after this year. You've got Jalen Milrow right behind him, Ty Simpson. I mean, these, these kids are absolute studs. I think that Ty will probably make more of an impact on, on Alabama's roster over the next two, three years. Why would you want to go to Alabama? Uh, and then second to that, why would you want to go to Texas with Quinn Ewers, college football's most hated dude? And I mean, he's, he's the most hated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I look at, you know, Stetson Bennett the fourth, you know, wins national championship pro it's really tough to repeat probably won't repeat but will still take them to the sec championship game um however after him i mean it's a toss-up you guys got really good talent back there in, in the quarterback room however it's not arch manning talent mm. uh and I, I think alabama and texas too competitive i like him going to old miss actually i still think that that lane kiffin uh, has a play here uh just because of eli and his grandfather um and I, <laughs> Archie. I mean, that's who he's named after. Yeah. I mean, there's streets named after the Mannings and, <laughs> and, and, you know, in Oxford, Mississippi. So I, I, I like Ole Miss still, uh, but no matter who gets him, I think you're getting the next Trevor Lawrence uh, that just happens to be more explosive, faster on his feet uh, and just a better decision maker. So whoever gets him, but I, I think what he said is, you know, Alabama's a machine and everyone knows that. And those guys like practice hard. They have dudes all over the place in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I did like the Texas remarks. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, Alabama West, bro. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, which I, you know, is, I don't get mad. I think it's smart um, for Manning to kind of allow these teams to really cater to him, enjoy the process, because I mean, you only go through this once, right? Um, Absolutely. You know, letting all these big time programs cater to you and show you around and, and give you the, the good sights and sounds of each program. Um, so I would do the same if I was him. I wouldn't name anybody yet. But, you know, we heard that's interesting. You brought up Ole Miss. We heard last fall that was the team, Ole Miss, right? And now, even from him and Arch himself, we haven't heard much about Ole Miss. So it'd be interesting to see if Lane Kiffin's still in there or not. Um, I will say that, you know, him to Georgia, kind of almost the same situation in Alabama because you have that group behind Stetson Bennett, who's going to finish his last year out. You have that group that's really talented. You have Carson Beck, who threw for Georgia's pro day. The receivers asked Carson to throw for his pro day. Um, so, you know, he has a rocket, and he's very good in the offense, uh, Todd Monken's system. Um, I, I think he's your prototypical passer. I mean, he can attack downfield, but he's also very smart with the ball. Brock Vandegrift. Uh, he's a dual threat, right? He can run, he can throw. He looked better in the spring game, I think, than he's looked um, when we've seen him get playing time in, in the year past, which happens when you're in quarterback, right? You grow. And then Gunnar Stockton, um, who was one of the top quarterbacks in this last class, is that dual threat guy. He's more of a gunslinger. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he can develop because, the, like you said, the race is up after Stetson Bennett's gone. Um, yeah. So we don't know we don't know anything about who's going to be the next signal caller for Georgia after Stetson. Um, so really and I look – I look at Georgia, though, and I'm like, you know, with Vandergriff, uh, I mean, that dude's a stud. 
not. If I'm Arch Manning, I'm going to Oxford where the women are the best looking in the SEC. <laughs> like probably, I mean, I mean, they're they're in they're Athens, man. Come on. <laughs> I know, and he 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 did give some some nice love to the city of Athens, which is I think it's it's number two in the SEC behind Oxford, Mississippi. I really do. And I, to be fair, I, I haven't been, I, so I can't I can't. Speak Oxford right. is awesome. You have the you know you have the Grove, uh, and and just to have another man in there. Uh, he's going to win a Heisman, or he's going to be very competitive to win a Heisman. I mean, he could he could shape Ole Miss football as we head into the new SEC with Oklahoma and Texas. Mm. I, I think there there could be. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't take my talents to Georgia, man, or Alabama. I wouldn't. I, yeah. Alabama, Georgia, going to win without you, Arch. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, like if you want to win and you want to throw to NFL receivers and you want to have a defense that's going to back you up, that's the pro to me right and that's the pro to me right and you go to texas you go to Ole miss you're not gonna have that defense to back you up which may hey you might be in these contests where you got to sling it for 600 yards to win a game so that might be fun to you so it's all up in there like we don't know um but this is all talk at the moment um but you know you did witness it here guys bobcat just anointed arch manning as the god of Ole miss football already he's gonna win a heisman but we hadn't even committed to the people but he's gonna win it um before we get you out of here course you will guys if, if bobcat says he's going to bet on something just go the opposite you, you might do well i'm just saying um before we get you out of here el gato um let's get your saban take here i, I think there's some um, some talk about nick and his future he, he looks a little grumpy he, i'm not gonna lie he looks a little grumpy he's always looked a little grumpy but he looks a little more grumpy to me when it comes to this transfer portal mess as he likes to call it. So give me your take on Nick Saban and how long do you see him staying at Alabama? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't see him staying much longer. I, you know, I've always said even last year, if he were to win the national championship to, you know, to supersede Bear Bryant there at Alabama with, with seven national championships at Alabama, eight total, I think he would, he would retire, be on top of the world uh, and, and go out like the goat that he is. Uh, I think, even more so now when you look at NIL and you look at the transfer portal, he hates it. And everybody that I talk to that's around him on a daily basis, there's a reason he left the NFL. It's not that, you know, a lot of people think that he wasn't good in the NFL. You know, he wanted Drew Brees there in Miami. And I mean, he had a winning record in Miami and, and finished 500 against the Patriots when they were kind of just at the height of their dynasty. Um, and, and he had a terrible quarterback. <laughs> so uh, I, I think just, Nick is, he's not the type of guy that likes to deal with prima donnas and this transfer portal issue where you're seeing guys enter the transfer portal to make more money. uh, And it's just changing their attitude. And I I think last year he was happy because he, he knew this team, the Alabama team had glaring issues and he just, he just didn't want to stress himself out over it. This year you're seeing a more grumpy version of Nick Saban just because they've got these five transfers that came in. They're going to make an immediate impact. I mean, you look at that defense. I mean, Dallas Turner, Will Anderson, bookending that edge uh, at outside linebacker. You look at Jalen Moody. You look at Eli Ricks. You look at Kool-Aid McKinstry. All of these dudes, I mean, are studs. Uh, All of them have the potential to be high first-round draft picks. Uh, I think he just expects more out of this team, but he's also very, very furious at the NCAA's handling of NIL. Uh, And he sees the writing on the wall. He knows exactly how this is going to play out. It no longer matters how good of a recruiter you are. It just matters on, you know, how much money are your donors and your boosters willing to spend. So Mm -hmm. I'll give him three years at at most. uh, But 
then again, the question is, what does Nick do after coaching? He doesn't want to be a commentator. He's not Urban Meyer, right? He's he's not going to take that route. Um, he's not going to be on Fox. He's not going to be on the SEC Network. He might show up here and there, but uh, I, I don't know what he does after football. So he's got to get that figured out first. Him and Miss Terry. All right. Well, going to be interesting. I appreciate you coming on. Bobcat and guys, it always pays to know your opponent. Um, so hopefully, we talked to Bobcat a little bit more uh, about Alabama because I really think it's Georgia and Alabama once again. So we might be seeing each other a little bit more here in the, the next what was it seven months from now? Well, SEC championship action in Atlanta. Well, thanks guys, I appreciate it. Bobcat, have a good one, man. Thanks, brother. Roll Tide. Thanks to Bobcat for joining us. You know, I almost edited out that roll tie, but I left it in there for him. Um, I'm not worried about it anymore because I'm a champion, so you shouldn't either, guys. Go dogs. But thanks for hanging with us. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review, or re-rate, re-subscribe, re-review. Um, we'll always appreciate it. And you can find us at UGAWire.com, part of the USA Today's College Wire Network. We've got your Georgia football coverage. You can find my words there. Um, and also, UGA Wire on Instagram. That's me. Hit us up on there. we got a lot of good content coming out every single day, your news and updates, and more there. And also, UGA Football Live on Twitter and Facebook. So thanks so much, guys. Again, have a great week. And also remember, you're a national champion.